Welcome back to Techtopia, the podcast about a better future. I'm John Biggs. Today on the show, we have Sasha Perlman. She's a cannabis educator. This is Technotopia. In the next 60 seconds, you're going to learn how the Flatiron School can change your life. The Flatiron School will help teach you everything you need to get the job in code, data science, or design. They'll also prepare you for the jobs that don't even exist yet, because this is a school designed to educate you in the art of change. So if you're feeling stuck, bored, or unfulfilled, Flatiron will teach you how to change things. You'll learn by making things, breaking things, and discovering how the future is being built. The results speak for themselves. Go to flatironschool.com slash podcast and read about our graduates' new careers, salary ranges, upcoming courses, and explore these exciting new careers. You can start building your own career in coding, data science, or digital design at one of Flatiron's local WeWork campuses. You can take courses online. Go to flatironschool.com slash podcast, read the reviews, and sign up for a free intro course. That's all we ask. Enrollment is now open. It's time to future-proof yourself and change things, fix things, make things better, starting with you. Flatironschool.com slash podcast. Welcome back to Techtopia, the podcast about a better future. I'm John Biggs. Today on the show, we have Sasha Perlman. She's the founder of Revolver Productions. Uh, welcome. This is, uh, is going to be an interesting one because I think Revolver, uh, the name Revolver doesn't uh, do justice to what you guys are working on. Yeah, thank you. Happy to be here. <laughs> so why don't you tell us what you're, uh, what you do? Excellent. So I am a event and experiential producer. I've been producing events for the last 15 years. And as a native New Yorker moving out to California and particularly LA exploring the cannabis industry, I've mm-hmm. identified a lot of opportunities to um, start bringing in a lot of my corporate skill set into an industry that is evolving and changing and, and really starting to create provocative and thoughtful opportunities for people to learn about cannabis as a lifestyle tool. Mm-hmm. Um, so one of the things that I've been working on most recently is a series called Mary Talks, where we bring together industry experts, celebrities, influencers to talk about cannabis from this perspective. So we've done some events, including cannabis and sex. We've done cannabis and culinary trends, um, CBD and everyday wellness, really making it palatable and approachable for people to start understanding uh, everything that there is to know about plant medicine and, you know, how they can start incorporating it into their day-to-day lives. Okay. So, this is an interesting. This is an interesting topic because it's. Uh, we talk about the future, but mostly the time we talk about the flying cars and stuff. But this this kind of future is, seems like it's just around the corner, right? Yeah, I mean the the future is is happening, and cannabis is a really incredible opportunity to start having conversations that are even more impactful, like you know what's going on with the opioid epidemic and what's possibly happening with. Um, the incarceration movement and a lot of people being imprisoned because of cannabis and that, you know, as, as leaders in the industry that we do have the opportunity to start shaping change in, in those particular areas and also kind of seeing what's going to happen in a digital landscape around how right now cannabis is so stigmatized and because it's not federally regulated, you can't really advertise and there's all sorts of ways to kind of find gray areas and, and loopholes in order to do it. But it's just a very interesting time to be part of an industry that 
is, you know, in many ways developed, but in so many ways still so immature. Um, so it's really about setting the tone and, and the trends on what's happening, especially with, with more and more cities and, and states um, throughout the U.S. coming online, particularly New York. Mm-hmm. So what is a... We kind of know what a, what an alcohol infused future looks like. What what well, I mean, our alcohol infused present. It's basically a <laughs> it's basically a bunch of people careening off into trees after drinking too much, and then uh, liver failure. So, what does the future of um, what does the future of cannabis look like? Yeah. So you know, in, in certain markets. Um, in 2019, there's going to be consumption lounges. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's, it's kind of hard to say if they're going to look like the consumption lounges and coffee shops in, in Amsterdam, or if there's going to be a lot more refinement, which, you know, I think it'll be the latter. I think that there's going to be a lot of people coming in, particularly from the hospitality space, starting to create these experiential lounges where it's not just, you know, come in and consume that, there's real thought behind it. And from what I've been um, privy to as far as consumption lounges opening in West Hollywood, for example, um, you know, there's, there's a lot of money going into creating environments where, you know, they're bringing in top chefs to do infused meals and mocktails. And even now with kind of the whole CBD trend, so you see it, you know, all across the board where there's CBD mocktails and they're infusing CBD into juices and milkshakes and all sorts of foods. So I think with cannabis, you know, becoming legal and more and more people having access to it, you're definitely going to see, you know, a lot more of this hospitality side of, of cannabis consumption. And even, you know, in Vegas, there's one of the biggest cannabis museums in the world where it's all about experience and, you know, something that cannabis is is really good for is enhancing the senses. So being able to complement that with an awesome experience, I think is what people are going to start gravitating toward. And, you know, with that, it will really start pushing the envelope on how people talk about cannabis, that it's Mm -hmm. no longer this, you know, sitting in your mom's basement stoner drug, that it's actually something that people can start doing instead of going out and getting drunk, because, you know, there's, study after study that shows that alcohol is actually a carcinogen and depressant and, you know, cannabis is plant medicine. And so if used, you know, in, in the right context and not abused, then it actually has a lot of really incredible health benefits. So, I mean, this might be a little bit esoteric or, or Huxleyan, but what is a, what is a society that's basically um, fully accepting of cannabis look like? And I guess we could point to Amsterdam, right? We could point to a, uh to some parts of Europe. Yeah, I, you know, I, it's, it's a big question. And, you know, this is, this is really my opinion. I do just feel like in, in the grand scheme of it, having a society that's more accepting of cannabis, that it just, it creates more aware consumers. I think that we'll start being more mindful of the things that we're putting in and on our bodies and that we'll start really exploring alternatives to to pharma and to, you know, like really just shaping a, a different avenue for, for treating pain management and certain diseases and recreationally not needing to go out and get blasted at the bar. 
even drinking is such a big part of our culture, but, you know, I'm, I, I know from, from research and studies that, you know, actually people that consume cannabis tend to consume less alcohol. And I think overall that's, that's a really good thing for us. I know that alcohol is, is culturally accepted and part of, you know, many experiences. It'll just be really interesting to see if people will start to make the shift away from alcohol and more into cannabis consumption. Mm -hmm. So you've talked to a few, um, interesting folks, uh, in terms of cannabis. What's some of the, uh, most interesting projects that you've seen so far? I think the, the cannabis museum is incredible. I mean, just the, the amount of detail and, and effort that's gone into building such, such a massive thing, um, an experience, you know, really kind of curious to see what the consumption lounge piece is going to look like. Um, but even, you know, events that, that some people are producing that are, are really about experiences and community, um, seeing some of the things that are going into dispensaries, you know, I think that MedMen has really done a very interesting and exceptional job in creating this, this, this retail environment that, that is an experience that's high end, you know, and going into that dispensary and kind of seeing the, just all walks of life, uh, walking through the dispensary is, it's fascinating because, you know, it's not, again, it's not your cliche, stigmatic consumer. It's all walks of life from, you know, the ages of 21 to the ages of 85 and people coming in and, and wanting different product types and, and, you know, having their own consumption experiences with those products. Um, even, you know, what, what MedMen is doing from, from a media perspective, from an advertising perspective is also really interesting and kind of pushing the envelope. Like the other day I was driving and saw a car completely wrapped in a, in the MedMen logo. And I just thought that that was really interesting because their whole media campaign is showcasing all sorts of different people. And, you know, the campaign says, I am a stoner and the stoners cross out and it says, I am a doctor. I am an mm -hmm. activist. I am you know, all of these different people, because it really is a time right now with legalization that the the perception of the cannabis consumer is really starting to take shape in what I hope to be a, a very positive way. Okay, interesting. Um, have you seen any, uh, any really interestingly uh, unique ways of consuming it, unique ways of growing it, uh, stuff like that? Um, I think, you know, just kind of coming from New York and, you know, my experience with cannabis always being like, you know, smoking weed and you can get what you can get from, from your dealer and hope mm -hmm. that it's, it's good and it has integrity and then moving to California and seeing everything from transdermal patches to topicals and edibles. And, you know, one of the things that I'm a really big advocate of is microdosing on edibles, which essentially means you have a very small dose, like a two and a half milligram mint, for example, um, which is a really great way to help kind of take the edge off and feel really present in your body without any sort of, you know, kind of psychoactive necessarily. Mm -hmm. And everybody's different, right? But I just think that it's a really great delivery method for me if I'm on the go or if I'm sitting in traffic and I'm stressed out and I just, you know, instead of, I, I don't really care to smoke because for me, smoking is, you know, like I exercise a lot and it's just not great for, for me from that perspective and everybody's different. But I think that um, 
you know, having a delivery method of like an edible, for example, um, especially when you know the exact dosage, which I think is, is a big concern for a lot of people when they hear edibles, they, you know, they go back to their college experience of overdosing on a brownie and then mm -hmm. tripping out. But here, because of, of regulations, then you know exactly how much you're taking and, you know, start to understand, okay, I know if I take two and a half milligrams versus five milligrams, it's going to make me feel, you know, a specific way. And then also to be able to understand, you know, through conversation, which is why we're doing the sort of programming that we're doing, you know, what sort of questions and understanding you need to have around consumption, you know, versus taking an edible on an empty stomach versus right after you've, you've just eaten, um, you know, how your body is metabolizing it. And, you know, every, every different way that you consume, your body metabolizes, whether it's through your liver or your lungs or sublingually. So I think it's really important for people to start getting really clear and, and um, you know, and educated on those things and, and more questions to ask so that they're not having that terrible experience and, you know, kind of shying away from all of the incredible benefits of cannabis. Mm -hmm. All right. Very cool. Yeah. All right. What is the, uh, what does the world look like in 20 years? Oh, John, I didn't know we were, we were going to eat this morning. <laughs> we have to, we have to, you should have, you should have taken some edibles. <laughs> yeah, I should have. I know it's, it's only nine o'clock here, but, mm -hmm. um, I'm still drinking my, my CBD coffee, but, um, you know, I think that, I think like cannabis is definitely going to be normalized in 20 years. I also am starting to see a lot of conversations around other plant medicines kind of creeping into the spotlight, like psilocybin, for example. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, I definitely see cannabis being a, a normal part of our culture. Like, you know, we, we talk about it amongst our, our friends and our family where right now, like, for example, kids like the my sister's kids, right? So they're, they're witness to when we have a get-together, everybody's drinking and hanging out, and it's totally normal. But then if somebody wants to consume cannabis or talk about cannabis, it's super mm -hmm. taboo. And I feel like in 20 years, it will just be the norm. You know, I don't think it's going to be parents supporting their kids and, and wanting to go out and get stoned. But I think that as a medicine and you know, and, and the industry can go one of two ways, right? So the industry will likely be controlled by pharma and, and, you know, there will be a lot of ramifications from that, but there will also be a lot of opportunities to just, you know, create studies and, and, and efficacy around cannabis as, as a medicine, or it'll go in the direction of alcohol and tobacco where it's not regulated. However, you know, like it's not going to be considered in, in the capacity of, of medicine, right? Because mm -hmm. there's no efficacy around it. So, but I do think that it will be a norm. I mean, just even, even what's happening at the pace that it's happening from last year to this year and the amount of states and countries coming online as recreational medicinal cannabis, you know, like uh, approved um, and the evolution of products and different resources coming available and the media around it changing. Mm -hmm. it, I, I definitely know in 20 years, it's, it's no longer going to have the same taboo, if, if any at all. Yeah, beautiful. All right. Well, I'm I'm looking forward to it. When do you think uh, when do you think New York's going to have fully legal cannabis? 
my fingers crossed for Q1, but you know, yeah, New Jersey right. said 100 days, and uh, and it took them a year. But now they're going to be, you know, it's, it's popcorn style, right? So I think as New Jersey starts to light up and come online, New York is definitely going to going to push for it hard. And my hope is, is you know, New York does come online in the next six months because New York will really be a game changer for the industry. Mm-hmm. I think what's going to start happening with companies out of New York and, and just trendsetters and, you know, so much. New York really is is the hub of, of everything that ha- everything else that kind of happens in the world, right? So I mm-hmm. think New York coming online will really start shaping the industry in, in a much different and, and complex way, but it's, it's a good thing, you know? And New Yorkers, as a New Yorker, I can say this, but New Yorkers are doers and, mm-hmm. you know, they get shit done. And I think it'll be really exciting to see how the, the face of the industry and, you know, the momentum of, of it starts to shape as a result of New York coming online because it will make an enormous impact. Okay, very cool. All right, so uh, so where can people find out what you're what you're working on? Absolutely. So check out our website. It's Revolver Events with an S C O dot com, and you can follow us on Instagram as well, Revolver Productions or Forward Experiential, and specifically around our cannabis work. Um, and our next Mary talk is at the Soho House February fifth in New York City. All right, super. All right, we'll check that yeah. out. Thanks for joining us on uh, Technotopia. It's been uh, really cool. Awesome. Thank you, John. All right. We'll talk to you in a little bit. Okay. Bye. Technotopia is brought to you by Happy Fun Corp. Happy Fun Corp is a design-driven technology company in Brooklyn, New York, that specializes in building mobile and web applications for startups and Fortune 500 companies. Whether it's a new mobile or web application that will help people experience the Internet in a fun new way, or software that will interface with a new piece of top-secret hardware, Happy Fun Corp. is always up to the challenge. Big or small, Happy Fun Corp. loves building software and loves working with great people. Come build with them. HappyFunCorp.com Technotopia is also sponsored by Jaywalk. Jaywalk is a new app that pays you to walk. You can try it out at jaywalk.me. It's created by me, John Biggs, and a few of my friends. Jaywalk.me, please check it out.